We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's do some mailbag stuff, Vince. You uh, you ready to read these out, and we'll go sure. rocking and rolling here. So do let's uh, start off with this. We got a little super chat oh, action here, fellas. Super chat from Raymond. Thank you very much, Raymond. Really appreciates this. Go Irish! Another kid's dreams come true today, and that's the truth. That's the cool thing about it, right, Vince? Yep. I mean, you know, you you, no ha- you had son working out at Notre Dame. That's why Vince wasn't on the show yesterday because the camp was supposed to end eleven fifteen. Uh, got over way later. Yeah. But to watch your kid there at Notre Dame, I mean, a, a awesome. field that you and I have watched NFL players working, you know, future NFL players, all Americans working out on, and to watch your son do that, I mean, put yourselves for a minute in the shoes of Tabron's parents. Right. Exactly. From very small experience. It seemed like really genuine. Your child just got an opportunity after working hard for years in the classroom, in the community, on the football field, in the weight room. To, to, to say, I'm going to Notre Dame, right? You guys, I mean, we're Notre Dame fans, right, Ryan? I, you've seen Rudy, correct? Yeah. Or did you tell me you haven't I seen have. Vince, I know you have. But the scene, like one of the most powerful scenes to me, because I, I grew up as the son of a Notre Dame fan, like, mm-hmm. and I wasn't good enough academically or as a football player to be at Notre Dame. <laughs> but to the moment where, like, the dad opens the letter and it's like, my son's going to Notre Dame. You know what I mean? Like he gets on a loudspeaker and like has to yes. tell the whole factory. Yeah, that's exactly. such a great moment. And and whether yeah. that actually happened or not, I, you and I, and we all know that that happens right. all the time. Absolutely. And I think that's something that's really cool is a kid that wanted to be at Notre Dame, yes. competed to get that opportunity to be at Notre Dame, and he's going to be able to play at Notre oh, that's, Dame. It, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, like, yeah, my kid hit a fifty-yard field goal in front of Marta Biagi. I was like, get him a scholarship. Get him a scholarship. You can do it. Let's go. But yeah, I mean, it was it was just a surreal experience, and it was awesome, and it was a lot of fun. And you're absolutely right; like it was, it was, uh, it was awesome. And I can only imagine what it would feel like as a parent to watch your kid go through that, go through a camp, and then see them offer him a scholarship, and you know, have his dreams come true. So uh, that would be that would be awesome to to experience that and to be around it and see your kid experience that. And that's what it's all about having kids, Ryan, you know, this, and I mean, you've seen it before, Brian, it's like you, 
watch your kids and you get to see the excitement through their eyes. And that's the best part about yeah. being a parent. My dogs so. live the dream every day, man. When that's we let them saying. go lay out on the dock on the deck, you know what Sadie? I mean? Sadie just loves she you know that little dip we have in the middle of our yard vents. Mm-hmm. So she's got this thing now where she lays on the back of the hill looking up where she just it's just her head peeking over so she can like see <laughs> if anything's coming. It's freaking hilarious. But that but no, I, I, I I'm um, just I'm just upset yeah. that now people think I haven't seen Rudy, even though I've seen it ninety seven times. Well, I wasn't yes. I wasn't sure there I knew there was like a movie like that 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 you know that you well, no, I, 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 my, my take on Rudy was that Rudy is an overrated movie, but it I've still yes. seen it many times. You might as well you you'd be better off admitting you never saying you never saw it. I, <laughs> I've seen it. That. I've seen it. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, you might have just might have want to stay with that. Uh, I never seen <laughs> on, that on, on, on nights where I'm having trouble falling better. asleep. I watch Rudy to right. get myself. Now you're to just sleep. trying to get everybody <laughs> pissed at you. So we're gonna move on and pretend Ryan didn't say that. We might even cut this segment out of the show because I want to still respect Ryan tomorrow. So let's go ahead and move on. <laughs> we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, we got one from Sean. And the uh, question is, do the type of safety Notre Dame is trying to recruit have any reflection on them trying to be in a 3-3-5 base defense? For example, the body types, play styles of players like Erlocker and Powell. No, I, I, Ryan, I don't think so. I'm curious your thoughts. Yeah. To me, I don't think the coverage structure changes whether you're in a 3-3-5 or a 4-2 based on how this coach runs his defense. And that's not a knock. That's just an observation. I think that – I think the three-three-five has a lot more to do with how you play the run and how yeah. you play your underneath coverage, your second-level coverage, than it does your third-level coverage. So, no, I, I – I think if you're going to play cover four, cover two, cover three, cover one, all those things are going to be true whether you're in a four-two-five or a, a, a three-three-five. I mean, because at the end of the day, your back end is still very much structured the same way, right? And and yep. so I I don't see that being much of a change, Ryan. I don't I don't think that you need I, to have a comp- the only difference, Ryan, would be is if is if your you know one of your five was going to be a, a fifth DB as opposed to a, but that's more of a rover conversation than it is a safety conversation. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't think it changes the structure. I, I think, Sean, if anything, what we're seeing is that that overhang rover position that we have grown so accustomed to at Notre Dame, you might just be structurally changing what you're looking for at that particular position, is what I think, right? Is that you're still gonna be a four-two-five base, 
But when you're not playing nickel, maybe that rover, instead of being a Drew Tranquil-esque linebacker, a Asmar Bilal-esque linebacker, maybe that's more a safety that can also kind of rotate down and, and a little bit more of a safety body type. So I just think you're just seeing a different prototype of what the rover position might be more than just changing structurally what the defense is. That's just kind of how I see it. Which, if we were talking about this young man being that, Ryan, then then it would completely change the conversation and would fit more with this. If if we 100%. were talking about him being a guy that is going to provide you rover depth, we would have a we would have a much different conversation, in my opinion, about this kid, than if we're talking about yeah. him being a, a back end safety at this point. Agree. From Archer, our guy from Ohio State, 24-7 put out their 23 bowl projections and had Notre Dame versus Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl back to Arizona. How would you feel about that matchup? I think it would be a lot of fun to watch. Well, I I, I hope so. (laughs) Go ahead, Ryan. I mean, I I, I was going to say, I mean, I was just thinking like matchups potentially on the team versus one another. I I do think it would be an interesting matchup because – Oregon has spent a lot of money this offseason trying to revamp that defensive line, you know, getting Jordan Birch and getting Mateo Uyunglele and getting those cats right to go play defensive line. And with Notre Dame strength on the offensive line, that would be a fun little matchup as far as, you know, back and forth. And then we could also beat Bo Nix, which would be a great uh, ending to the season. <laughs> I knew there was going to be a Bo Nix comment coming in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how blatant Wright was. They spent a lot of money revamping the defensive line. He's not wrong. It's like he's free agency wrong. Lie. He's completely lie. correct. I love – I just love how he, he said it in such a – like Matter of fact. The thing I like about well, matter of fact, but also Ryan has a way of saying things matter of factly, but also like just kind of oozing like a little bit of like <laughs> you know contempt, you know what I mean, as well. And yeah. I, I absolutely loved it. But he, I mean, getting Jordan Birch, we saw that what he did. I mean, yeah. kid caught a freaking touchdown pass, a long touchdown pass as a tight end in the same game where he's also playing defensive line against Notre Dame. I think yeah. the one thing about about Bo Nix guys is the the one thing I would be concerned about is you you'd have to find a way to pressure him. Bo Nix doesn't handle pressure really well. I I, was, I think he handles it well mentally. I don't think he like panics, but I think he makes bad decisions mm-hmm. when he's pressured. You know, because there's, love there's guys that Bo panic Nicks. when they get pressured, and then there's guys that 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 just make bad decisions. And sometimes, the, I mean, if you panic, you're going to make bad decisions. But not every guy that makes bad decisions is doing it so because he panics. I just think. He's not a super fast processor of things. That's kind of always been a little bit of my knock on Bo Nix. Uh, but, uh, you know, that certainly there's a lot of talent on the perimeter, but Notre Dame also has a great secondary. So that's a that's an, a good matchup. They don't really have dynamic receivers, in my opinion, you know, on that team. It, the, how's their offensive line going to be? But so much of this is unknown because like, we don't know how good Notre Dame's defensive line is going to be this year. We don't know how how all those new guys are going to tra- are going to transition into that defense. So there's still a lot of unknowns about both teams, but I think that'd be an entertaining game. Certainly it would be, be entertaining. entertaining. Oh, it'd yeah. be entertaining. There's no doubt. I mean, I can, I, I haven't looked, but can I assume that the Fiesta bowl is not a uh, final four game? Obviously no, it's not. Huh. So I would be disappointed because that means Notre Dame has two losses, I would say. Uh, and so I would be disappointed, but I think that would be a fun matchup. If we're just talking about the matchup, I would enjoy that matchup because I like Notre Dame's chances against Bo Nix. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, you know, it's it's gonna. I think the 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 Bo Nix angle of it is is interesting because I Ryan and I have had a lot of fun battles about Bo Nix, and I think Bo Nix is a lot better than Ryan thinks that he is. But I still don't think he's an elite quarterback, and now he's getting thrown into like top year. five national quarterback and all that kind of stuff. He put up really good numbers in a league that's let's be honest is not great on defense. You know, when he when he finally played a good defense in Utah, they weren't as good. He wasn't as good. You know, yeah. so. You still say, but if you can put pressure on the kid, you still have right. a lot of chances to, to to make him be successful. Because the one thing about him, Ryan, is that in the first game of the year, he looked a lot like the kid we saw in the SEC. Why? He's playing Georgia. SEC defense. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, I'll yeah. say this. He had a great game against Washington State. And Washington had a very good defense last year. Threw for over 400 yards and three touchdowns. So he, he did very well there. Uh, and, and, you know, but then against Utah, I just, you know, I, just he wasn't quite as good. He wasn't great in the bowl game against a not yeah. very good defense, but I just don't put a lot in bowl games. So it'd be a really fun matchup. But to your point, Vince, I mean, I guess it would depend on to me how they missed. If they missed at 10 and 2, I'd be a little bummed. If they were 11 and 1 and they just got a little bit jabbed, sure. or maybe they're just were three undefeated teams in the power fives at that point in time, you're like, well, those teams, you know, if, if Bama runs a table, Ohio State runs right. a table. You know, uh, USC. You know, we can't. You can't have USC and and Ohio oh, State right, run the table right. if Notre Dame's eleven and one. But you know what I mean. Like, there's certain circumstances right. where, like, yeah, I get it. You know, I sure. Get I mean, it would be disappointing. Like, it would be disappointing that they didn't make it into the final yeah. four. But you would understand it. It would depend, hey, depend on why for me. But yeah, let's go out yeah. and win this one and get yeah. that that BCS monkey off your back, Big time. You know, that kind of thing. You know, and it's always good to end the season on a, with a win. Absolutely, it's always good to end the season with a win. Steven has a question the other day. Uh, Brian Driscoll talked about having a wild series of Notre Dame. Or, let's see. Let me back up. Driscoll talked about having a, a series of Notre Dame doing 30 for 30 on ESPN. Why not go one better and do an IB version like 23 for 23? And I think there's a second part to this. I, w- I would. Uh, I don't. I didn't see the second part, Vince. Oh, okay. I, can, I can try it. Let I me let me just part. let I me could just see. I can pull it up and see if there's one there. Just give me a second. I'll find uh, Stephen's comment there. Um, here we go. He had one afterwards. There we go. Uh, one a week through the end of the year. Cut in public domain clips and interns from Notre Dame doing the actual <laughs> video editing. The whole shillelagh. Well, if you have the time to do all the interviewing <laughs> to find those people to hire, that'd be great. I so do right. not. I will say this, Stephen. Like, I've always, like, I mean, Vince, you know this, man. You've been with me from the beginning. Like, I have very big aspirations for what this is eventually going to look like. Right. Will, will we get there or not? I don't know. I'm going to try, right? But those sure. type of things would be very fun to do if we could put together videos and things along those lines where we could do – type of really impressive interviews and put like a mo- like a show together where mm-hmm. you know the other day you said I'd love if somebody did a show about the 1988 team and and I say you know it'd be awesome if we could do something like that but that that's really right. expensive mm-hmm. and the reason I don't know if something like that will ever happen is because I've always been adamant that I'm not I'm not going to build this thing through taking out loans and different stuff like that right I've I've literally built this thing up from from literally from nothing without taking out any loans or accruing any debt and the reality is it'd be almost impossible Unless yeah. we have some some benefactor who just wants to give us millions of dollars, I mean that's a that'd take a big investment, you know, to, to get all the equipment and the people yep. needed for that. But if there's somebody out there that wants to give me, 
you know, eight figures to start, uh, you know, a, a TV version of this so we can start doing that stuff. I would gladly do it. Uh, but uh, the problem is everybody that's offered money, that kind of thing, they want they want that money back, right. which I would completely understand. That's just not what we do. Uh, it's not what, what we're going to be doing. But, man, that'd be fun, though, right? Oh. If we're just like, you know what, dude, I want to do a show about uh, this player. I want to do a thing and, and, and like do a, and a 30 for 30 type of thing. Travel and interview yeah. people and yeah, like do the whole thing and yeah. put it together. Could you imagine if edit? like you spent oh. the summer, I'm like, hey, I'm going to, Vince, I'm going to have you spend the summer flying around interviewing eight guys from 88. We're going to start with right. Coach Holtz. I want you to fly, meet Coach Alvarez and then go to talk Tony Rice. And you know what I mean? Like we'll go ahead and meet, meet up at the Rocket. You know, that'd be kidding awesome. me. Right now, awesome. like I'm gonna need you to go play it, golf with uh, Lou and the Rocket, and uh, just interview him while you yeah. go. Like, yeah, <laughs> okay, be a lot of fun, man. Be a lot of fun, but uh, unfortunately, that 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 would also be very expensive. And, yes, it would. Uh, it'd be very. Vince, expensive. you aren't a millionaire. You're not a millionaire. Uh, I've got a little squirrel away. He he, he oh, would yeah. if he didn't have 37 kids. Yeah. Maybe those dependents. Uh, true. Really drain you. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> rob with a super chat thanks rob really appreciate it thanks guys love these shows congratulations to this young man will notre dame end up with three or four safeties well hey ryan that's a million dollar question right i mean yeah. that's that's what we don't it, know at this point in time i mean it is because obviously you feel good about where they are with bronte johnson on saturday right so if you get bronte you're up to three safeties right there rob will they take a fourth safety to Again, get more of maybe that from depth player that they think they need more of. I, I, I think I would as well. You know, just kind of looking at the numbers. I mean, there was a question someone asked about. I don't know if we're going to get to it, but like, would you take Malcolm Ziegler or Bradley Shaw? And I'm like, yes, to both of those questions. Like, I would take yeah. both of those players if I could. Right. So, I, I think that I would definitely. Notre Dame pushed it for. We'll see. I mean, I think it also depends on some numbers at a couple different positions and what you are projecting sure. moving forward. And there's a lot of things that go into it, but I would personally try to push to four if I possibly could. Yes. I think four is the ideal number, right? I mean, based on everything we talked about today, the pieces that Notre Dame is missing, the depth, I think four is the ideal number. It's the ideal number if you get the right type of players. And I actually, that's why I actually think this kid, Tabron Benny Powell is a good pickup if he's part of four, because what I don't right. want is four guys that are just third level safeties. Right. Right. Cause then you get in the thing of like, and now you're a little too deep. You got four this year, you got two, you got, you have six in two years. That's a lot. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Now I understand you did the restock, but now you've increased the odds that you're going to lose one of those guys. Right. But if one of those guys is someone who like Tabron Benny Powell, you say, okay, we're going to put this kid more as a second level guy, you know, where he's yep. going to play some nickel. He's going to play some, not even Rover, but he's going to play some nickel, uh, can then rotate and do other things. I feel a little better about that, you know, right, depending on the, right. the role you're going to have him play. So Agreed. I, I would, I would in this situation. I, I yep. definitely, would I like him situation. being one of four. I agree with that. Yep. Charlie Weiss's last belt loop. Thank you very much for the super chat. I like his high school film way more than the camp film. They should keep him as a linebacker. Not so much high on him as a safety. Little concerned. He can't play linebacker. I mean, unless we're again, I, I don't even know that I'd call him a rover per se. You know, that's why I'm I'm, I'm a a rover in certain situations. You know, is 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 he a guy that you're going to get up to 210 pounds to to be, really be able to to do everything a rover can do? I, maybe, maybe, yeah. But um, uh, rover, yes. Linebacker, no. 
But I understand where he's coming from, Ryan, because the kid plays like that in high school. I get that. I, I get it. I mean, but it, I mean, it's it's about projecting, right, Charlie? Like, I mean, we right. could project Jay Nosberry to maybe be a linebacker, an inside linebacker anyway, because he is six foot and 210, 215 pounds, right? We're talking about a kid that is six foot and a half, maybe 185 pounds. Like, I, I mean, unless this kid grows a couple inches and has a substantial weight gain, like he just functionally doesn't make sense to play on the inside of the defense. But Rover at playing on the second level a little bit. Like I could see those things potentially, but he's definitely not an all time linebacker. Somebody, somebody asked Pete Weber said, who would be the narrator? Vince would want to, would, would not be able to be the narrator because Vince would be doing the interviewing. Vince, you'd be doing the interviewing. You can't interview and narrate. What are you going to do, Vince? You want to narrate or do you want to go and interview and meet all the. All right, I'll go interview. Trust my arm. Um, You know who would be cool to be. I've said this before, you know, as far as a famous actor, it'd be Jim Caviezel. I've said that before. Um, and, but you know, I'd be, I'd be curious what Tony Roberts voice is like these days. What is mm-hmm. he sounding like these days? Cause I would like, I would love to have Tony Roberts on there some way, somehow we may just have to buy the rights to his sound because, uh, I, I, that's one of the things for me when I think of as a kid and I don't know, Ryan, if Tony Roberts was done oh. when you were old enough to know Tony Roberts is, is every, he's it's like, voice he's every Notre bit Dame. the voice in Notre Dame is Johnny most is the Boston Celtics for Vince. You know what right. I mean? Like oh, when you yeah. think of it, you, you know, the Boston Celtics, you think, you know, steals uh, I mean, you just see that really grovelly <laughs> voice and you're like, if I, he was doing anything for any other team, I'd be like, dude, what's that guy's voice all about? You know, but, but he's doing for the Celtics. You just, you just grew up on no, it. Right. And I, Tony Roberts to me, I would, when I was in the, in the, like in the, in the Jeff Samarja or the Brady Quinn era, I would actually, have the sound on the TV down and I'd be listening mm-hmm. to Tony Roberts. Yep. Do yep. the games. I so. so here's what I would say. If we're gonna do this, right? This is our hypothetical like <laughs> business plan, right? We're having this discussion. If we're gonna do this and we have to show highlights, you have to show highlights. We're doing the 88 season. You got to show highlights. Video highlights are awesome, but every audio of those video highlights would have to be Tony Roberts. 100 percent No, no TV audio. It's all the radio calls. Hundred percent. That's what you would have to have, and I wouldn't be a part of a project that didn't do it that way because Tony Roberts is what I I think of yeah. as the voice of Notre Dame football. Yeah. And when he stopped doing it, it was a sad day for me personally. It was terrible. What would also I, I want to hear sad. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah. And I was just going to say something a little sarcastic and said I want David Attenborough to be the uh, to be the narrator. You know, the guy that does all like the <laughs> the Planet Earth stuff. You know what I mean? Brian has no idea what I'm talking about, does he? <laughs> He's only a national treasure, man. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. This is like my moment of the Ryan and movies. Is that what we're going through right now? Like this is now my version of that. Okay. Vince is doesn't have like this, this, either. Look at his face. David Ambrose like this old British guy that just does these great voices. I know some British about. guy doing our show. I love our British fans. We have Irish fans. We have Sp- Spanish fans. I mean, you gotta get some dude. You gotta get some dude. If you're gonna have someone do it, it's gotta at least be an Irish dude. You know what I mean? Like, you're gonna have someone with an axe. It's gotta at least be an Irish dude. But uh, that'd be fun. I just the only thing that makes me sad is we we joke about this is the fact that I wouldn't be able to interview Loose Emoji for it. That's the only. That's the only part that bumps me out a little bit. But um, yeah, so we'll see how it goes. Colton wants to know how much blame does Marcus Freeman get for the safety recruiting? He's the lead recruiter and he did hire O'Leary. Let's address this when we get to signing day. How about we actually let the the class fill out and then see how it goes. At the end of the day, I'll say this broadly. The head coach is always ultimately responsible. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. whether you like the head coach, like I do with Marcus Freeman, or you don't like the head coach, which I do with Brian Kelly, at the end of the day, the standard doesn't change, guys. The standard is, and and this is one of the things we would complain about with Brian Brian Kelly was, why did you let that guy stay that long? And if we get to the end of this season and – Chris and Chris O'Leary is not doing what he needs to do from a recruiting standpoint, a coaching standpoint, then we can have that conversation. But how about we let the season play out a little bit, right? How about we let's wait till we get to December and Colton, uh, depending on where we are there, this is a Colton. There's nothing wrong with your question at all. Yeah. It's a very fair question. It's just not one that I really want to address in June because we're still six months away from signing day. So all I'm asking is that we just let it play out. And then, and then evaluate it. And then if things aren't where they need to be at any position, then we'll have that conversation because at the end of the day, the head coach is responsible for what happens with his football team. So yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. He, he absolutely, whether it's blaming him for the safety recruiting or praising him for the offensive recruiting, right? That's the reality of it. You, you are the head coach. The, the buck stops at you. All I'm saying is the buck hasn't stopped yet. I mean, right. the class isn't done yet, right? So let's – Let's let's talk again in, in December. Again, Colton, please don't take that as me saying it's a stupid question or why are you asking? It's a very fair question. I just don't love the timing of it because we don't know what the class is ultimately going to look like. Right? If, right. if you would have asked, man, was this Chancey Stucky hire really good last m- March? I'd have been like, nah, not really. You know, we don't know anything about the guy. But then you fast forward to signing day and you're like, you know what? This cat, this cat guy, this guy can recruit now. You know, yes. so let's just let it play out, right? Let's let it play out. I mean, guys, at this time a year ago, nobody had a flipping clue who Brandon Hillman was. No, no, no. clue. No clue. No. None of y'all ever would have heard of who, hey, guys, uh, Notre Dame's going to end up getting this Brandon Hillman kid. Y'all would have been like, who? Who the heck is Brandon exactly. Hillman? Right? Exactly. So that may happen. It may not. I don't know. And, and, and so, Colton, that's the whole point is uh, let's just let it play out first. And then once we we have all the data, then we can have a conversation about what Coach Freeman deserves the blame for or not or whatever the case may be uh let's let's let these next six months play out what's up vince didn't bk hire o'leary just as a side note well no uh technically but but number one if he hired chris o'leary that is irrelevant to whether or not marcus freeman wanted to have him on his staff or not right that's true he didn't point he He rehired him jeff quinn right he He basically rehired him brian kelly relied on marcus freeman to make the decision to hire chris o'leary gotcha and what I have always said, and and I believe you all both you both agree with me, is I actually think Chris O'Leary is a pretty good football coach. I agree completely. I, I think the safeties. I mean, and he's not working. He wasn't working with like a the, the greatest group of dudes last year, either talent wise or attitude wise. In some instances, I think he's done a solid job with the talent he's had to work with. I do, especially considering his youth. But now it's that time where it's like, okay, bro, you're in year three now. It's time for you to put up or shut up. All I'm saying is, while true, there's still six months for him to put up. Sure, and that's that's my only that's my only point. It's not to defend the job he's done recruiting or anything like that. It's just it's six months left. Let's let right, it play right. out. That's all I'm saying. A month ago, there was a lot of concerns about Joe Rudolph's recruiting. Fast forward that's... a month, you got Styles Prescott. You're looking good with Gearby Lambert, and all of a sudden, the narrative has changed. So let's just let all the data come in and then we'll 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 have our we'll have a very honest conversation and discussion about where things stand with safety recruiting and what coach Freeman has done or needs to do at the position. So I just would hope that you wouldn't want to grade my math test halfway through because guess what? Half my answers would not be filled in, right? So let's just <laughs> let it play out. 
still would have been mostly wrong. I sucked it. Once they started putting like letters and numbers and I mean like <laughs> letters in the math and I'm like, what oh, you weren't an al- you weren't an algebra guy, huh? No, an algebra like, guy. dude, I'm not. Yeah. You're gonna need this in your life. I'm pretty sure I haven't needed it, you know. So here we go. All right, JH, I'm being a little sarcastic there. JHT Vince, let's roll. All right, how much longer can ND take chances on kids who they project to improve? I'm all for finding talent regardless of ranking. But it seems on defense, we're taking a lot of guys who need time to develop. Fine. Okay, great. I mean, num- number one, we don't always know that. We all thought Joe Walt was a project that was going to need time, right? That's true. We all thought yep. that. He was a 240-pound tight end when he committed. Again, these kids are about a year away from en- enrolling in high school, number one. Number two, here's the reality of it, fellas and ladies. Notre Dame is at certain positions is just not going to go get the top players for a host of reasons, primarily because they haven't produced – big time players at that position, right? Why do they get offensive linemen? Why do they get tight ends? Why are they getting certain positions? Because they're producing at those positions and kids want to come here. So you're not going to get Elijah Rushings. You're not going to get those five-star ends. So what do you need to do? Go find the highest upside kids you can get. Sometimes those kids need talent. I would also argue that some of the people that you think are guys they're taking a chance on, I don't think they're taking a chance on. Exhibit A, Cole Mullins. A lot of people think, ah, it's a project. No, he's not. He's a six foot four, 240 pound kid who plays freaking middle linebacker in one of the best regions in the country. And you're projecting him to an end. To me, he's a top 50, borderline top 100 guy to me. So some of these kids that I think people view as chances aren't. Bryce Young is a is one of the guys that I think fill this, but I don't think Bryce Young is a guy you're taking a chance on. Just because a guy has some projectability and may need time doesn't mean you're taking a chance. Just like you're not taking a chance on a guy that you wonder, boy, this guy's ranked really high, but I don't know how much better he's going to get. That was my big concern with Darnell Yule is I don't know how much better this kid is going to get, right? And and so that wasn't a guy you took a chance on. That was a guy that you thought was a pretty darn good football player. And so when you look at you look at him and you say, man, I mean, you know, that's a highly ranked guy. That's a great pickup for Notre Dame, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Why are you taking a flyer on this Myron Tungvaloa Mosa kid and, and Kurt Hine? Well, guess what? Both of those kids were way better football players in college than Darnell Yule was, right? So there's always that back and forth. What Notre Dame needs is they need to find talented kids. And if you can't get the kids that are talented and ready to play now, then go get the kids that are talented that might need some time to develop because sometimes they might surprise you, right? Because we all thought Blake Fisher was going to be ready to compete day one. And guess what? He was. We didn't have a we had no thought that Joe Walt was gonna be able to play year one. And guess what? It was a fresh mall American. So I just would say let it play out a little bit, guys. But that I don't really Ryan, I don't know. You might disagree with this. I people obsess over highly ranked guys. And to me, the biggest difference between a guy like Logan Thomas and a guy like Elijah Rushing is one guy has a higher floor. I don't see a huge difference in the ceilings, right? And so if one guy needs okay. more time and one guy's a little bit more risky, that's okay. That's where Notre Dame needs to be right now at this point in time. Well, and I think that, look, I mean, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself if you're a staff, right? Because to your to your question, JHT 1988, if you're taking the upside players, right, the guys that need developments, you better be sure that you have the coaches in place to develop them properly. Like that's the biggest thing that doesn't make, but it doesn't make them bad players. Like I think that some people just think just because a guy is a little bit of a developmental player, right. That they're a bad football player. And it's just like, guys, that's not what that means. What that means is that maybe they shouldn't be dependent on playing year one potentially, but 
Jeremiah Wusukoromo wasn't ready to play year one. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of guys that we've looked at, some of the best players that Notre Dame has had in recent years, or players that weren't ready to play as true freshmen. Like, that's just right. not – That's a, it's a unique situation. So I just think that we just need to understand it. And then also, I think that we have lost sight of the fact – so I, I saw someone in the chat say this earlier about like this class. And I think we forget sometimes that like CJ Carr, Cam Williams, and like some of these other guys, like they're still in the class guys. Like I, I promise they haven't left anywhere. Like they're, they're still in the class. I promise this isn't just like a, it, it really comes down to an obsession. Right. Ryan, first of all, Jeremiah Wusu Cormo wasn't ready to play till year three. He was going to play special exactly. teams in year two, had he not got hurt, but he wasn't going to be playing defense in year two. So would yeah. you have said, no, Give him up. I want a guy that would have played as a freshman. Or you want to say, you know what? Sometimes I'm willing to wait for something if it's going to be good enough. The other thing, too, Ryan, is there's still too much of an obsession with what the recruiting rankings say. That's the problem. Why do yeah. people not like Cole Mullins in this? In this, on this, the people who don't think highly of Cole Mullins, nine out of ten of them, it's because of his recruiting ranking. That's it. Sure. That's the only reason. It's not film based. It's not stats based. It's not production-based. Now, you may think he's not in a top 100 guy like I do, but I don't see how anyone can watch that kid play and not think he's a Notre Dame caliber player if you're looking at the film. But if all you're doing is looking at offer lists and others, those other type of things, and guess what? You know who Notre Dame beat to get Jeremiah Usukoromoa to Ryan's point? Wake Forest, Michigan right. State, Virginia. That's who they beat yeah. for him. Yeah. Right, you flipped out. You so, flipped Adi Agandiji from Western Michigan, like Western Michigan, yeah. and, and the only other schools that were looking at him was like Oregon was kind of looking at him, but Pitt was the only other one that was looking at him. That's it, right? Yeah. And so uh, there's the kids come in all different shapes and sizes, and and all the and I could start naming you all defensive ends in that year that 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 Notre Dame fans would have been way more excited about, but they they weren't because they weren't ranked. They were. They ended up – well, excuse me, they, they would have been excited about it, but they wouldn't have been excited by the time they finished their career because those guys ended up not being very good players. And so that's the whole thing is I'd rather take a guy that I know is going to be really good in three years than a guy that's going to be pretty good in day one, but that's pretty much what he's going to be. Now, not every kid that's highly ranked is that way. I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm, making, I'm making a point. But I just – this is a really good class, and, and it's it's one of the most frustrating classes I've had to cover from the way that fans are reacting to it. And I don't understand why, other than the fact that people are just obsessed with recruiting rankings. Mm -hmm. And some of these guys are, look, you're taking a flyer on Teddy Rezac because you don't know if he's going to be able to physically pan out. But, Ryan, you know one thing that we do know about Teddy Rezac is he's 6'4 and he can freaking run. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if Bodie Cahoon's going to end up being a player, but the kid is six foot three, 220 pounds, and he can run. You know what I mean? So, in a year, also, Ryan, where it's not a good linebacker class. So, right. give me a kid like that. Like, a lot of people, if Notre Dame would have got a commitment from Chris Jones, people would have been pretty fired up, right, Ryan? He's a top 200 kid. You know, a lot of schools looking at him, people like him, all this other kind of stuff. And I'm going to tell you right now, that kid's not – he's a number 139 player in the country. I would not take him over Bodie Cahoon. He might be maybe more ready to play day one, but I'm I'm okay not getting a guy like that. Now, if you'd got Aaron Childs, I'd have been pretty flipping fired up, right? So it's it's not every single kid, but there's plenty of highly ranked kids that you look at. And I just – Leonard Moore's another one. We had the, Guys, we had the same conversation about Benjamin Morrison. You know, and, and it just like, how about you just trust the film and at some point in time, trust the coaches until they give us reason not to. 
Some of the coaches have given us a reason not to. Let's be honest about that. And we're critical of them. But others, others to me, it's like, okay, we banged on Al Washington hard last year for recruiting, rightfully so. And he needs to finish off better inside. This is a pretty good defensive end. Guys, if they can repeat Bryce Dave, Bryce Young, Logan Thomas, and Cole Mullins uh, a year after getting Brennan Vernon, Bubakar Traore, and Armel Mukum at end and do that year after year after year, their name's going to be pretty freaking good on the defensive line. Or defensive end, I should say. Now, interior, there's some question marks, right? That still have, there's some questions that have to be answered. But I feel like we because we've, we bang on him, we're just going to ignore everything he does unless he signs a five-star. It's also frustrating because everyone just kind of focuses on the negative, right? Like, you don't like this commitment, but we – oh, Notre Dame needs to recruit better. Uh, I mean, the recent recruits that Notre Dame has landed are Logan Thomas, Kedron Young, Nate Roberts, and they're in a good spot with – Bronte Johnson in a couple of days, right. right? It's like Kedron Young's a top hundred running back. Dudes. Nate Roberts, one of the tight best tight ends in the country. Logan <laughs> Thomas is a borderline top hundred guy. You know what I mean? It's just like right. exactly, like exactly. You're you're, you're, recruit, you're recruiting well. Just because you don't like this particular yeah. recruit doesn't mean that your right. game isn't recruiting well. It's just and somebody's in the chat saying, "Well, give me an example of a team that wins with ten uh, ranked ten to fifteen ranked recruit." Hey guys, they're ranked fourth and fifth right now. So so even Literally, there, your premise yeah. doesn't hold up. Well, the, yep. the classes aren't done. The team's going to catch up. Notre Dame's not done. So I just say, this will say, how about we let it play out? But this is a much better class than than a lot of Notre Dame fans are giving credit for. Is it that way at every position? Yep. No. We just got done explaining that we don't like where safety's at right now. But yes. that shouldn't negate every other freaking position where they're doing pretty well in this class. And they're yes. not done yet. So how about we let it play out? We're not sitting there saying they're recruiting at, at the elitist level possible and they can't do any better. But there's a difference between that and a difference between saying they're just not recruiting well. That's to me. I'm well. Actually, I'm not even going to say it because it's not a very nice thing I was going to say. I'll say this: <laughs> it's misguided. If you're just going to focus on that and ignore that right now, guys, on at this moment, I don't think there's a better offensive class in the country. Now, there's some teams if they finish with this player, this player, this player could could be in the conversation. Ohio State's a couple commitments at receiver away from being in the conversation, right? Uh, Georgia is Georgia. a is a Ryan Wingo yeah. commitment away from being in the conversation, right? Where you may say, hey, I'll take the Georgia class from the Notre Dame class. Okay, fair. I don't agree, but I also don't think you're nuts for saying that. You know, if Ohio State can add another receiver uh, to go with Jeremiah Smith and Miles Graham, then we can, you know, maybe they get another tight end we can have that if they pick up Brandon Baker on the offensive line and Notre Dame gets Gearby Lambert, we're having a conversation about Notre Dame and Ohio State. Bama needs a lot of work to be able to catch Notre Dame on offensive recruiting right now. A lot Clemson needs a lot of work to catch Notre Dame on offensive recruiting right now. That still counts. Just because here's you know what, Ryan? I'll tell you this. If you could say they would have got Logan Thomas and and Tabron Benny Powell and take your Teddy Rezac and Bodie Cahoon last June and this June instead in May and June, instead of getting those kids, they got CJ Carr, Cam Williams, um, yeah. Leonard Moore, Aeneas Williams, and got those kids. Yeah. Now the vibe would be different because people are too 100%. obsessed with this, this false feeling of momentum, which I think you pointed out, Ryan is also false because look at their most recent commitments. They're really good, yes. highly ranked football players. 
And so that's the other thing too, guys, is they're loaded at quarterback. They have one of the best running back classes in the country. They have one of the best receiving classes in the country. They have a top 200 caliber uh, tight end. And we feel good about them adding one of the best offensive tackles in the country. And they're still in a good position to add another top 100 player at tight end if they can close on Carter Nelson. So let's not ignore that because you're in your feelings about safety recruiting, because you're rightfully in your feelings about safety recruiting. I'm not criticizing that, but don't let that completely cloud your evaluation of the rest of the class. Is there work to be done, Ryan? Yes. Of course. But they are doing that. So let's, again, let these next couple – let's see how Kingston finishes up. Let's see what happens with Gearby Lambert, Carter Nelson, Bronte Johnson, these guys, before – we start making sweeping conclusions about an incomplete class. Well, I just, I just think it's the world of hyperbole that we live in right now. You know, like everything's the worst of, of all time or everything's the best of all time. It's just like, right. no, Notre Dame's recruiting really well. They might not be recruiting a certain position incredibly well, but let's not lose focus of the fact that the majority right. of Notre Dame's class is very good in 2024. Like that's just kind of where I'm at, man. Like I'm Ryan, it, it comes down to we need to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time, right? We need to be able to point out, hey, they got to get better there. That's not good enough without throwing the rest of it out with it, right? I mean, that's kind of what you're saying, Ryan. That's what I believe is, hey, we need to be able to, on this show, we will always be critical of things that aren't good enough, that aren't championship caliber. We have done that with this staff. We have done that in this show at safety recruiting. But then to turn that into some bigger picture thing that it incorporates the entire class, in my opinion, is misguided. And you're you're it's a it's a reaction it's an emotional reaction to one small data point, at which causes you to ignore the rest. And I don't think that creates a a a very fruitful conversation because we're not arguing the same realities. And that happens way sure. too much when people debate nowadays. Is we're not even we're not even arguing like from the same reality of the world at this point in time that we're that we're getting into. So. Um, yeah, I just I, I don't get where some of this comes from. It's like somebody said, this is status quo. Name me the last time Notre Dame had an offensive class like the one they have now. Even if all they get is one more offensive lineman, name me the last time Notre Dame signed an offensive class like this. Status quo. Na- tell me, tell me when it was. You're going to be thinking for a long time, and you're going to have to go back to the Charlie Weiss era to, to find an offensive. So, how was this status quo? So just looking at the just looking at the overall ranking nationally every year, like that's just all you're doing there. You know what I mean? Like it's just but yeah. that has yeah. nothing to do with this class. This class I right know. now is right. It's gonna fall when such you don't know that because right. we don't know what other teams are gonna do, and we don't and Notre Dame's not done. Like it's not like Ryan, like last year, by the time you got to end of August, you had everybody you're gonna get. That's not necessarily gonna be the case this year with some highly right. ranked guys. But I mean, look, you just can't, you can't look at this offensive class and say status quo and have any sound argument to make on that at all, in my opinion. And then you add it to last year's offensive class, which has already showed up and shown that they're legit. And again, I just don't understand where this is coming from. Some of it. Now, some of it I get. If you want to talk safety recruiting and linebacker recruiting, folks, we've had that conversation. We can continue to have that conversation. But to, to to take it to the degree where some seeing some take it is just, you know, yeah. I, I want to give some uh, some comfort to a, a an Ohio State fan. Uh, Casey Tisher says lefty QB bothers me more than it should. I'm with you. I got two points for you, man. Number one, I have to show some love to lefties because my wife, my mom, 
and my grandma are all lefties, so I got to give some love. But last time Notre Dame had a lefty quarterback before he got hurt, so as long as your guy doesn't get hurt, we've seen a lefty quarterback at Notre Dame be a pretty good football player. Uh, yeah. So, uh, And there was another kid. Um, Number eight. Yeah, well, there was another kid that played for that school down in Tuscaloosa. What was that kid's name? What was his name? Left-handed guy, top five overall draft pick. You guys remember his name? Nope. The guy that led, the guy that led the guy that led the NFL in passer rating last year. Yeah, he's a lefty. So my man, it's all good. You're good. You know, Aaron Nolan's a good quarterback. That's all I'll say to you, man. Is, so, is it wrong that I know at least a couple of my kids are lefties, but I'm not sure which ones? Is that well, bad? I mean, some <laughs> of your kids kind of some of your kids kind of <laughs> look the same, right, Vince? I mean, so. I know some of them are lefties, and I think it surprises me every time I see him writing. Yeah, whatever. It still shocks you. Which ones are lefties? I don't remember. I, it's two of them, I think. Maybe three. I'm Does, not, is it, is Liam one of them? Um, I don't think so. So it's the girls then? Because I know Dylan's I so, not, yeah. right? He is – He well, he's not a lefty. He throws lefty, though. Okay. He throw, Which I, I wanted him to be a pitcher. But so I he doesn't write lefty? No, he does not. No. Okay, so he's a lefty. He just writes differently. Okay, correct. Gotcha. Yeah, he throws okay. lefty, and he, but he kicks right. He swings a golf club right. Yeah, because my wife, um, I, I look at it kind of what you do writing, you yeah. know, as opposed, right. you know, like writing. My wife writes lefty, but she right. shoots and bowls right-handed. She's a little bit actually a little bit ambidextrous. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, that's the one first thing we did at the, when we went to the range is we had to figure out which hand she was more comfortable shooting with. Spent a whole freaking day at the range trying to find which hand she's more Wasted. comfortable with. Then she finds out she's more comfortable right-handed, but she's left-eye dominant. Oh, Normally, geez. if you're right-handed, you're right-eye dominant. Right. So she's got to kind of like, you know, <laughs> it took it took some work. Complicated. <laughs> it, it did, man. I, I, used to hate, I used to hate I used to hate coaching lefties, man. Hated yes. it. Hated you know what it. I found Especially out? Backwards. Oh, my God. If in yeah. football, though, as a quarterback's coach, you actually oh. it's it's actually better if you really think about it. Because you can look at a left image, image, and he can literally mirror you. Where yeah. a righty, you're, he's got to kind of like look over his shoulder, or you do, right? But a lefty can mirror you. Yeah. And so if you do it right, he can he can be pretty good. All right, let's 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 keep rocking and rolling here let's with some this. more questions. All right, James has a question. Forgive me if this has been asked and discussed. How much uh, is known about him at safety, being that he sat behind two Division One kids? And is there still room for Ziegler if he wants in the class? I think that last part there's some uncertainty about. I personally yeah. would take him. I'll, right. I'll say that. And and how much is known about him at safety, James? I mean, that's now now James put this question in before we got into the film room. I believe. I believe that's accurate. Yeah. So, yes. um, you know, that's the thing, James. Is is we we really don't know what he can do at safety. That's where there's some projection. And that's why all of us said, hey, look, however we feel about this commitment right now, we sh- and everyone should be this way. I'm willing to wait to senior year. Yeah. Yep. You know, and see what he does as a senior. That's what we did with Ben Minich last year. And come to find out, that was a great pickup. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we'll, we'll see what he does. But I mean, you have to be willing to let the the, the reality on you know the, the the data, so to speak, share your opinion. I mean, there, there's too many people in so, different topics right now where it's like doesn't matter what data you show somebody, they're just not going to come off that opinion they've held for two years. You know, and it just it blows my mind, but I think we should all be willing to do that, James. And, and I'm willing to tell you right now, I don't know what kind of safety he's going to be. Cause I've never seen him play it. Right. I have my concerns based on what I saw at camp and what we've seen on film, but he can end up going back there and man, it's just natural. And all of a sudden he starts playing mm-hmm. like a four or five, eight guy. 
and say, okay, well, I'm live with that because you know there's another Notre Dame safety that ran a four five eight that was pretty freaking good. Um, if you all don't remember, know who I'm talking about, it would be uh, Kyle Hamilton. They had another safety that went to the combine and ran a freaking four eight. That was part of the one of the best safety tandems in college football in 2018 and Jalen Elliott. So, um, you know, he just doesn't play like that right now, and we'll see if he does. Here's a two parter, Ryan uh, Vince. That's going to be more for for Ryan. So I'll bring them both up. From Levi, is there any clarity to the 25 safety board? And part two, who are the top priorities at safety for 25? Yeah, I mean, there's there's some really talented players that are on the board at safety. I mean, my my favorite personally is Jordan Young. I, I actually just had a interview with Jordan earlier today, and I'll have a little bit of a piece on him soon, just kind of updating the recruitment. I think that some of the guys that you're looking at on the list that Notre Dame is very high on right now are guys that one was on campus yesterday at the evaluation camp and Trey Harrison, who's out of California player that, that Notre Dame has taken obviously deep looks at Trey McNutt out of Ohio is another player that Notre Dame is very high on. I think they like Jordan young a ton as well. Uh, and then Matai Tagayoa out of Nevada is also a player that Notre Dame is extremely high on. So where are they with some of these guys? It, it's, it depends on who we're talking about. I think they're in a good right. spot right now with Trey McNutt. He's an Ohio kid, so there's going to be obviously some fight Dad for played Ohio, Ohio State. State. Ohio State. Yep. yep. Dad played at Ohio State. Ohio State has offered, so you're going to have to fight there. I think Trey Harrison is high on Notre Dame from everything that we have heard. Jordan Young, I have mixed opinions on. I think that he likes Notre Dame, but I, I just don't think that that one's going to end anytime soon. So there are Remington Moss is another kid they had on camp this summer that has an offer. Ivan Taylor is another kid that that they had on campus uh, with an offer too. Those guys are on the board as well. Notre Dame at this point in time. And here's another interesting one for you, Ryan. It wouldn't shock me if at some point in time, Dorian Brew ends up being more of a guy that you look at at safety right now. I like him at cornerback, but he's a big kid and I can end up by the time his, he's got two years of high school left, which is nuts. So he's another guy that I could see there, Ryan, but it's a, I'll tell you what, the Trey Harrison kid they had on campus, Ryan, you and I were chatting about this kid earlier. He's a really yeah. good football player, and he's really fast. He's just small. Fast. Yes, so I'm fast. curious what kind of push they make for him after he worked out because I know the staff loves the athleticism. I'd be curious what he looks like physically because the height yeah. doesn't bother me a ton. I mean, I'd like a longer safety. But, Ryan, you're in the, you cover the NFL. There's a lot of 5'10", 5'11", safeties in the NFL. There are a lot of them. I mean, there's some five nine safeties now. But yes. makers of the world, the Tyron Matthews, like. But what can they do? What can those guys do, Ryan? They can, they can run. Hit. They can change direction. Yes, yes. They can do all that. And that kid can move. He can run, and he's a willing hitter, Ryan. I mean, he. But again, sophomore playing in a in one of the best you know areas of football in the country. He's a he's a Juniper Sara kid, right out in Gardena. So. He's a he's an interesting kid. I was shocked when I saw his offer list. It's basically just Notre Dame and Boston College. I was like, how does this kid not have more offers? Because it's got to be the size, but the film is really good. I'm curious to hear how he did at the camp this week. But Jordan Young's an absolute stud. But you know who else wants Jordan Young? Everyone. Everybody. (laughs) That's going to be one, Ryan. Good, Ryan. Oh, no, I was going to say, I, I, he, I remember he was a three-star when they initially recruited him, and I was like, that kid is one of the best players in the nation, and now he's a consensus top 100 player and number 15th overall and on three. So, yeah, yeah. And if he wanted to be a receiver, I'd recruit him at receiver. I mean, he is a he is a big-time football player. He's going to be one to me, guys, that that we've talked a lot about, 
and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this, Ryan. We've talked a lot about what would a big season for Notre Dame do for recruiting. And a comment that I've made is that I think it'll have a much bigger impact on 2025 recruiting than it will on 2024 recruiting from a number standpoint. Maybe a guy here, a guy there. But I really think it's going to be the 25 class that is more greatly impacted by this by the season. And I think Jordan Young, to me, is in my top five of players that I think this season could have a big impact on as far as Notre Dame being a player in their recruitment. Right. I could see them yeah. jumping in with a playoff run, you know, because as you said, parents like Notre Dame. He's interested enough yeah. to have visited, you sure. know, so uh, put, put a, but he's also a kid that's getting recruited by Georgia and Ohio state mm-hmm. and Clemson and teams that have something Notre Dame doesn't rings. Yes. And so, Show that you can, you're that kind of team, and a kid like Jordan Young, obviously, this, guys, this is the big thing that no, that Marcus Freeman has. This is why this year is so important. I talked about this in a midweek rundown recently. This year is so important for Notre Dame because Ryan, you know this. There's a lot of kids that are interested in Notre Dame right now. That I would that I would say in 25, if they can put together a big season, they can close on that kid. The number of highly ranked kids that have visited campus this spring and summer is very long. Mm-hmm. In the 25 class, it's just they're just waiting on a reason to to, to have more interest in Notre Dame, and Notre Dame's got to yep. give them one.